0: Hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to learn and share stories about how God works all things together, writing a story of good, because He is faithful and good. Every Wednesday, I'll chat with a friend whom I know and respect, one of our Redemption Press authors, who will not only share a personal Romans 828 story, but also help to give you tips and tools for your life journey. Two episodes a month, we'll have an additional interview with a well-known author, and the other two episodes will include a time for Insider Insights, where I'll share writing and publishing questions from our listeners. However, once in a while, I'll offer bonus content, a special interview that's out of the norm for the format of our show, and today is one of those days. So let's get started. Well, we are here for a bonus session on the All Things Podcast today, and I am super excited to introduce you to a longtime author friend of mine, Wanda Bolton Davis. She is um, an author, a speaker, a teacher, a discipleship trainer, a coach. And first of all, let me just welcome you to the show today wanda it's great to have you on thank you so much it's glad to be here athena thank you for having me you bet well let me give a proper introduction as we uh, move into our conversation even as a young child wanda had a sensitive heart for god she accepted christ at the tender age of 12 grew up in a christian home which laid the foundation for her continued personal relationship with the lord A native of Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, Wanda left her parents' home, married, and moved to the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex in 1983. She was intentional about her personal spiritual growth while she diligently served in ministry alongside her husband. When her 35-year marriage ended in divorce, Wanda thought her ministry was over however through god's love and grace wanda learned that god would use her brokenness to minister more deeply to the brokenhearted wanda holds a bachelor of science degree in rehabilitation science from the university of texas southwestern medical school of allied health in dallas texas she obtained a master of social work degree from the university of texas at arlington texas She worked as an adoption social worker for several years, greatly impacting the lives of many children and families. In 2000, unbeknownst to her, Wanda began her academic preparation for ministry, seeking only to quench her thirst for a deeper knowledge of God's word. She attended, was named Minister of the Year, and graduated with a Master of Divinity degree from the G.W. Truett Theology. Theological Seminary in Waco, Texas in 2005, which is probably about the time I met you, I think, originally. Um, (laughs) Later desiring to be better equipped for ministry, Wanda went on to earn a doctorate in ministry degree in 2015 from Talbot School of Theology in La Mirada, California, with a focus on discipleship. With over 25 years of ministry experience as a published author, counselor, and discipleship expert, Wanda has discipled thousands and provides discipleship training and leadership development across this country. She is a proud mother of three grown children, has a wonderful son in love, one grandchild with another on the way. Yes. Yes. Wow. I remember when I helped you with, was that your first book? That was my first book. Wow. Uh, Victorious Disciples. Yes. Yes.
1: Victorious wow. Disciples. Mm-hmm. I love and that. It was a great
0: experience working with you. Yeah. Well, yes. I have fond memories of you and somehow recently I just went, you know what, I got to get back in touch with my friend. Yes, And and see what you have to say with this, you know, we've been having this conversation as a company, as my husband and I, we've, Mm -hmm. you know, we've just been wanting to hear from our black friends. Mm -hmm. You know, what would you want us to know us white people who really don't always know the right thing to say the we we're kind of clueless in some ways. Mm-hmm. And I just really feel like I want to be better educated. I want to know what your life has been like, how you've had to deal with things that I've never even thought mm-hmm. happened to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so I would like to just start with, boy, tell us, tell us a little bit about your story, how God has used a lot of the hard things for good. Mm -hmm. But just give us a peek inside your story, Wanda. Okay, sure. First of all, Athena, thank you so much for
1: uh, having me and um, also for um, just, you know, initiating this conversation. Um, I think that uh, this is, it's a very difficult time that uh, we have found ourselves in as a culture, as a society. Um, however, I, I, as we know in scripture, God does bring, bring all things in, uh, make all things work together for good, uh, of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So I can also see in this time of unrest, this time of difficulty, um, God is still moving and he is still working and he is still bringing about, um, uh, good in, in, all of this, um, a little bit about my story, as you said, I am originally from Champaign Urbana, Illinois. My parents are from the South, from Tennessee, and as a little girl, um, I remember making trips um, to see my grandparents in Tennessee, and a lot of a lot of the probably racism that my parents experienced. Um, I did not experience firsthand. And then a lot of things that were going on, um, I was somewhat oblivious. Um, My parents, of course, tried to protect us from a lot. You know, I hear stories now about how as we traveled back and forth from Illinois to Tennessee, there were times where we had to go um, to use the back entrance of various restaurants. We're talking about back in the 60s. Um, And things like that, that as a little girl, I was not aware of, but my parents were very much um, aware of and had to encounter. Um, Growing up there, I was, my sister and I were a part of um, the busing program as they were integrating schools. Um, Interestingly enough, even though we lived in the same home, I attended the school in our neighborhood um my sister was bussed to the white school um across town and i don't to this day really don't understand how we were in the same household but yet um mm. separated as it related to the schools that that we attended um she was able to get a lot more um assistance and 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 involved in programs with the university of illinois there, where um, I didn't always have that opportunity. I remember she was in a PAL program that um, she had a, a white young lady. Uh, I don't know; she might have been probably in her early twenties. Um, that would come. It was some type of program, but she she took me as a part of her the program as well. Even though Tracy was my sister was a part of that program, where she would come and do things with her she always in, included me as well. But I'm just, just kind of sharing some of the um, the experiences she had being a part of the white school that I did not have hmm. um, being a part of the black school in, in my neighborhood. As I grew up and went on to high school, I can recall, and this is a very um, touching story for me, being a part of the high school there, and... Um, The counselors, um, we as the black children really did not get the guidance from our counselors as it related to um, going to college and getting information about uh, universities and things like that. I never remember or recall um, having those conversations. Now my parents um, were just high school graduates. So they did not attend college. Um, so I didn't get that push from them um, to attend college, nor did I get it from, um, I don't, I remember her name to this day, the counselor uh, there that the white children got. So I grew up, even though I was in the city with one of the top 10 universities at that time, I'm not sure how they rank now, but University of Illinois at that time was one of the top 10 universities, I felt that I was not smart enough to go there and that, that U of I was only for um, the, 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 the white children and, and the, smart, the smartest of the smartest um, black kids. And so it never dawned on me. So when I graduated from high school, I wanted to go to, to Tulsa. I wanted to go to Oral Roberts University. I remember my dad saying, Um, Nope, you can't go there. That's too far. And I don't have the money. You can go to one the um, Parkland College, which was one of the was a junior college there in Illinois, you can go there. And again, never dreamed a dreamt that I could go to U of I Um, went on long story short went on to to Parkland got an associate's degree got married came to Dallas. and began return to school with married with children, went on to get a bachelor's two masters and a doctorate as you just read. And just a few years ago, I went back, I go back to Illinois, my dad is still there. I was driving on the campus of U of I and tears just began to roll down my, my, my face. Um, as I was driving on that campus and looking at the beautiful campus and thinking, wow, I thought I wasn't smart enough to go here. And look at
0: me—I yeah.
1: have two, you know, a bachelor's, two masters, and a doctorate. Yes, Wanda, you could have gone to U of I. Yeah, but I think that's the story for many young um, Black children who don't get that push or don't get that, or um, or are not told um, right. that you are smart, um, that you can do it, um, and. So I think that's a little bit about my story um, growing up, um, but in the midst of all of this that, that is going on, I think that what Black people want you know, is to be understood and um, for the basic assumption not to be that we're different, but that we're more similar than we are different. Right. We have more in common than we have differences. we all want the same thing we all want and desire the same opportunities um and so I think that's um that's that would probably be one of the main things that I would desire for um our my white friends and um neighbor to understand is that we are more alike than we are different, and we all want uh the same thing as it relates to. Um, opportunities, justice, love,
0: acceptance, and peace. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me when you know. Just with with all that's going on right now, and do, there's just some strong feelings uh, within the Black community on different ends of the spectrum. And so, but from a, for me as a white person. Mm-hmm. What are the kinds of things that you've had said to you that we didn't really realize we were maybe insulting or hurting your feelings? Mm -hmm. Because I want to, I mean, I think we need to learn how to have conversations and not feel Mm -hmm. all awkward. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so Mm -hmm. have you had, can you share some experiences you've had before that would help us? yes actually you touched on one
1: um when we were talking before and i so understood and could relate to that and it was when you hear um a white person say when i see you i don't see color you know that is um probably the biggest insult um because black people um are very most for the most part we're proud of who we are we're proud of our black skin And yes, it does not offend us to say, I see you. I see you uh, for who you are. I see you as a black person. And I understand what, um, what they are trying to say. Right. They're trying to say, you know, I don't see you as any different from me. I accept you for who you are. And, you know, I, it, your color, The color of your skin has no bearing upon how I feel about you. I get it. I get it. Right. But um, that is an insult to say, oh, I don't see color. Now, really, how can you look at me <laughs> and right. not see color? Right. But look at me, see me for who I am and still accept me. Another person, another insult is when someone says, you know, you're different. You're different. In other words, um, I like you, and I can accept you and have you as a friend because you're not like them. Um, you're not one of them. But guess what? I am one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is that is insulting as well to just you know you're you're different. You're an exception. Um, and and yeah, that's.
0: That's no, good. That's I am good to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I know uh, one of the other conversations we had that was, um, you know, uh, you people, you know, right. you people, right. It's, it's demeaning. Exactly. It's demeaning. Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Very much so. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, I've had, I've had friends to inquire about, um about my hair, mm-hmm. you know, our, our hair is, is different. And, Of course, I would much rather someone ask me um, and to ask questions because that's the only way you're going to learn when you don't know, right? Right. Um, You learn by asking questions. And so I've had some incidences where I've had to explain about black hair and how it works, that our hair is different. And when a perm um, makes your hair curly, a perm makes my hair straight um so yeah wow you look look like you just learned something I did (laughs) yeah so a perm you know as you can you can see I I my hair is natural this is called natural um hair that I don't have a perm on it so it's very curly Mm -hmm. and kinky well if I were to put a perm on it it would straighten my hair as opposed to curl my hair so um, yeah, so it's just okay. if you don't know,
0: ask okay, ask so I got a question questions. there's okay. like all the um braids and uh you know I think they're usually a a wig or a uh whatever you call that the an extension mm-hmm. is so what's i mean is it just y- you prefer? being able to change it up and easily or what? I mean,
1: (laughs) that's one of the beautiful things about our culture um, is our hair and the ability to do a variety of things from the natural hair to the straight hair, to wigs, to extensions, to braids, to dreads. Um, And it's all a a part of our culture and it's an expression um, of who we are. And yes, it's about preference. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very much about, uh, about preference. And so, uh, I remember just some years ago, my son decided to grow his hair out and grow braids. Um, and you know, it was a phase that, that he went through and I accepted him for who he, you know, who he was. And that's the thing, Athena, is that oftentimes, and I know we all have a natural ability to look at the exterior physical um, appearance but the sad thing is that we often make assumptions about people um, about the way by the way they look mm. um, and yeah I get that that there is a way many times that we present um, but we have to be careful about making certain assumptions um, because someone looks different from us right? Um, and that's not just for the white race, even um, people are part of the black community, we, we, can, we can be guilty of that as well. So um, that's just you know something that we have to be careful about. Some of the most educated, articulate um, people may look very different um, from us, but we make certain assumptions because of the way they wear their
0: hair or what the attire that they're wearing. So if I meet um, a Black woman and and I've, you know, we just strike up a conversation, but she's like maybe um, pretty demonstrative in her dress and her style and her hair and eyelashes and all that. Like, is it okay to just say, so tell me, tell me about why that look, how, how you came to I mean, I don't even know. I, I think I don't even know what I'd say. I, I'd be afraid to insult. So how would right. you start that conversation? So so here's the thing.
1: Like with any other, any other person that you would meet, um, relationship is important.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, relationship. So and especially in the time that we're living in right now, I don't know, you may get any number of responses from a person if you just meet them. And then you ask that question, that may not be a good
0: way. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that probably. May not be a,
1: right. Talk about may other not stuff. That for... a good way, exactly, The start of That's a little personal. Exactly, exactly. So, um, I, you know, I think I want to see um, Black people and white people forming relationships and friendship real friendships and collaborations and it's when you begin to foster authentic real um relationships then you can start asking those deeper questions and getting transparent you know um you know it's often you you know you may hear someone say well I, i i have black friends well how much of your environment really involves black people, right? Have you had a black person in your home or black family in your home? Um, You know, do you have an ongoing relationship with black people? Um, As a black person, okay, as a black person, I have to learn to maneuver, to live, to operate in a white world, because I'm the minority, right? right? So whether it was when I went to school, um, when I go to work, um, my environment in places that I go are predominantly white. And so I have had to learn to operate in that world. But for the white person, as for the most part, you could live your life and never really engage black people if you didn't want to, right? you have to want to. right you have to want to right exactly you have to want to when i worked in the, in adoption as an adoption social worker um that was in let's see 95 through 2000 um it was a private agency that i worked for and um when i got there i i i wasn't even prepared but um there were many families white families that were adopting biracial and African-American children. Um, And so because we didn't have um, black families, we just didn't have enough families for the babies. And so many of the white families were adopting our children, but what I came, what I saw disturbed me. And what I saw um, in many cases were white couples who were adopting biracial and black children but they were taking those babies and placing them in their white world, you know? Um, And I, and so it disturbed me to the point that I went to the executive director and I said, you know, I, I I just feel like we have to do something. There has to be some training um, for these families to help them understand that it is not just about adopting this black baby and, and, you know, placing them in a white world but are they willing we need to teach them to embrace that baby's culture that baby's background that baby's history um so that they can raise this child um in um fully aware and um understanding their own cultural history and background right so, so i did i implemented a training program i talked to them about um, being involved in various areas of the black community, I talked to them about perhaps thinking about joining a black church, about exposing their children to their heritage, about how to care for their hair, um, and their skin because they didn't know, right? Um, so yeah,
0: wow, I'm just
1: kind of rambling here. But no, um, that's
0: good stuff, yeah. and <laughs> you know, it just makes me think of uh, this is us that mm-hmm. it's like. Mm-hmm. Finally, it was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, okay, Randall. We we need to like get some get him around his people so he can understand that heritage." And oh, so do you have a you have a black son? No, no. A there's child? this is us is a uh, TV series oh. where oh, oh, oh. where okay. this uh, the mom had triplets and one of them died during childbirth and someone had left a black boy uh, baby on ah. the you know steps of the hospital and she okay. ended up taking him as her own and so it was just the the whole storyline right. as you were saying all of that i was seeing it in my mind some of yes. the episodes where mm-hmm. you know they they took him a while to figure out right. that was an important piece that they were missing right. so wow
1: i watched and i don't have the name i don't recall the name but i watched an interview um several weeks ago and it was a black young lady who had been adopted by a white family and um she she did not have that opportunity to be exposed to people of her culture however she did um she did meet her her biological mom and she talked about how she didn't feel um she didn't she felt white mm-hmm. in, in her words in her words, you know, she said, I feel white, but yet I am seen in the white community as a black person. Right. So I'm really not embraced there. But then I, when I'm around my biological family, I don't feel comfortable there. Um, and, uh, you know, so she was really having some internal struggles, um, and identity issues, um, because of that. So yeah, it, it it's it's very interesting but yes I, that was um kind of a mission of mine if you would while i was there and working in in adoption to help those families understand the importance mm. of um being culturally aware
0: yeah. and sen- culturally sensitive with their children absolutely good job mm-hmm. well okay so as we wrap this up if you had a thought or a scripture or just Anything to leave our listener with today to help them kind of process and ponder just what we've been talking about what what would that be?
1: I think the scripture that comes to mind and and has come to mind for me um through all of this is is the Word of God tells us that you will um you will know that they are my disciples by by their love mm. um, and so um especially. Uh, you know, that applies to us as believers. And if we really are Christians, if we really are people of God, um, then we are called to love. And that means not just love um, people who look like us, but that is um, we are called to love everyone. And um, if there's, if there's going to be any reconciliation, if there's going to be any healing uh, for this land, it's going to have to start with love Mm. and um that would I guess would be how I would would wrap things up how am I loving my neighbor yeah
0: um
1: and as the text asks uh uh in the Samaritan man story who is my neighbor right everybody everybody is your neighbor yep not just those who look like you um so how can we be intentional Mm. in um reaching out to others how can we be intentional in showing love? How can we be intentional in stretching ourselves to go beyond our comfort zone, to go beyond our own neighborhood, um, to go beyond uh, what we know um, and the norm to demonstrate love to everyone we encounter?
0: Mm. Amen. Good word. Mm -hmm. Good word. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Wanda, so much for taking the time out of your schedule to Be with me so we could do this extra bonus content uh, show for the podcast and just continue to keep this conversation going. I just so appreciate you being willing to do this and look forward to us working together on some other projects in the future.
1: Yes. Thank you so much, Athena, for having me. But even beyond that, um, for having this platform and initiating, like I said, this conversation This much needed conversation this is where um healing will start Mm. um just by being able to say you know what i don't know will you teach me yeah um i want i want to learn so i appreciate you so Mm. much uh for having me today well thank you so much my friend
0: So thanks for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Redemption Press and the Romans 828 Bookstore. So hey, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you would consider sharing this episode with your friends on social media, of course, only if you thought it was helpful. Or if you haven't yet left a review of the podcast on Apple, I would really appreciate it as you know, it'll help other people find the show and let them know it really is a good one to listen to. So thank you so much for listening today, and I'll see you next week.